Well, from the way you're singing, you sound convicted. For sure, he is alive. In him we live and we surely survive. It's good to be in the house of God today. I'm looking out over audience of people. You're looking good. You're smelling good. I believe you're feeling good. Because I know beyond of a shadow of a doubt, we're all blessed. We're all blessed. And it's good that you had the mindset to be at this designated place. I don't know for no other reason to come other than to worship God. He's worthy. The only other thing I can think of, you made up your mind and you're, start, and you're tired of being tired. And you're ready to surrender your will to the Son of God. And be baptized for the remission of your sin. Other than that, there should be no other reason to be here except to worship God in spirit and in truth. I hope, whatever the reason, that you could be satisfied when you leave here. Satisfied from a helping of the serving of the word of God to feed you spiritually. To build you up, to help you to stand, to help you make wise decisions, sound decisions, to help you follow the things that are right and just in God's sight. That some way, somehow, it can just help you along the way. That you can have a song in your heart and you can sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. God is good. It's good to see Quentin and Jackson, Q and J back. All the way back from Africa. They visited a couple of nations, countries over in Africa. And this was their second time going over there on some mission work. Q and J stand. Where are you? How are y'all over here? Two young men. Two young men. And... We're happy and thankful for them, their parents and their grandparents, that they're leading them in this direction to realize how important it is to be a servant in the house of God. Just never know. One of those two young men or both of them, you just never know. They might turn out and be preachers. They probably don't want to hear me saying that up here. But you just never know. You never know. Folks, when you train them up in the way in which they should go, God can do wonders with your children. Sometimes we just need to get out the way and let God do his thing with the truth of the matter is, the children are only a gift to us. We're just entrusted with them. They still belong to God. And what better way to glorify God and what greater joy can you have 
than to have your child to grow up and serve the Most High. I think it's a wonderful thing and I hope and pray that we can see the importance in directing our children just as strongly in learning God's will, learning His Word and, and participating in the things of God as we put the emphasis on secular and worldly things. I'm not saying all worldly things, you know, extracurricular activities are wrong. I'm just simply saying, don't shortchange God. Amen. Let God be glorified through the utilization of your children. Make sure you emphasize just as much how important it is to keep God first in everything that they do. Because rest assured, whether you're playing football, basketball, baseball, running track, or whatever, as soon as you get hurt, the first thing out of your mouth is, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> if you don't call him no other time, get hurt. You'll call him. You'll call him. But at least be in the, in the proper relationship that when you call him, he'll answer. Amen, walls. Guess what, church? It's still a happy new year. Did you know that? Still a happy new year. And something great has come along with this, not just 2018, but it has come along a while back. But we are enjoying it in 2018 since it's a new year. A new color. A new color. Do you not know that we that are in Christ, we are under a new covenant? We're not subjected to the things of the old covenant. We have better promises in the new covenant. And today we want to talk about this new covenant because it's a new year. We talked about last year, happy new year, why we should... Stand, stand fast and be steadfast and be rejoiceful and be rooted and look forward to doing great things in a new year. Some of y'all already look tired and we ain't made it to February yet. Come on now. Come on now. But good news. God has a new covenant for every one of us. And you know what? If you are not covered in this new covenant, I hope and pray you'll make up your mind today and listen tentatively and recognize what you're missing by not being in this covenant relationship with God. Because you're missing out on some great things. Let me say that again. You're missing out on some great things. Apart from being in this covenant relationship with God. Scripture takes me right into your hearing. Behold, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant daybreak. All the 
was a husband unto them, said the Lord. God said, I was good to them. But they were hard-headed. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Keep that in mind. They shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Hebrews chapter 8, 7 through 13, guess what? We find the same thing. But if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought but a second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, a day comes, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand. We find the same verbatim. Quote, from old to new. God said, I got something coming. I got something special for you. And it's already in the making because you know what? He loves us. And he so loved the world, he already had this thing in his mind, and he said, a better day is coming. A better day is coming, and a better covenant is going to accompany it. It's going to be special delivery. It's going to bring about better promises. It's going to bring about the remission of sin, the forgiveness of sin is going to bring about giving us a better citizenship. Oh, it's going to take some weights and some burdens off of you. But even though it has to come by way of my only begotten son suffering. Suffering. Being nailed to a cruel cross. I love you so much, I'm going to give him. To be that sin sacrifice so that you and I can be part of this wonderful covenant. Why do we have an Old Testament and a New Testament? Well, one is old. Old means old. Old covenant, a promise, specifically between God and his chosen people, the Jews, required animal sacrifices. <coughs> Vegetables and all that sprinkling of blood, heifers and all that stuff. But guess what, folks? One is new. One is new. No more animal sacrifices. What is God interested in today? If he's not interested in animal sacrifices, how are we to offer a sacrifice unto God if he's not interested in animals anymore? 
we offer ourselves. Yeah. Romans 12 and 1. I beg you that you present your body and say what? Living sacrifice. How? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Our reasonable service. God is not requiring anything of us that cannot be obtained. That cannot be obtained through us being obedient and following his instructions. Under the new, only require one sacrifice, Jesus, to bring about this new covenant to make it enforceable. We don't have to march the cavalry. We don't have to hang physically on a cross. We sing a song sometimes. He bore it all. Amen. Jesus bore it all. Folks, he did it all and laid the pathway and laid the foundation for us to obtain salvation. Some would teach and say, Jesus has done it all. It ain't nothing else for me to do. So people continue to live the way they want to live and just think when I die, God's grace is going to take care of it because Jesus died for me. Folks, don't be deceived. Jesus prepared the way. He made it possible. He laid down his life. But folks, there's still something for us to do in order to please God. And as Romans 12 once said, we have to live in such a way that we present ourselves a living sacrifice. Peter said, be ye holy. Why? Because God is holy. We just can't live any kind of way. We have to live godly. We have to live holy. We have to live righteously. Jesus was that one required sacrifice once and for all. Hebrews 9, 15, NIV. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Under the old, the sins were rolled back. Under the new, you ain't got to be bothered with rolling anything back. You can be forgiven. Somebody ought to say amen. Thank, thank you, Donald. Somebody ought to say amen. No more annual trips to Jerusalem. Under the old law. You had to make designated trips every year to honor festivities and different things in the temple and the tents and the booths and all these things. We don't have to do that anymore. There's no pilgrimage for us to make under the New Testament. The only journey we're looking to make is when Jesus returns and takes us back with him. Amen. While we're here, we're making preparations. We're making preparations. How? By renewing our minds. By loving, forgiving, being long-suffering, taking the good news out into the world, proclaiming Jesus. We're doing 
what we call the prep work, the proving ground down here. Because one day Jesus is coming back. No more mandatory circumcisions. Medical reasons, parents can still choose to have their son circumcised. But as far as it being mandated religiously, we're not under that anymore. Not under the new covenant. We have something so good to smile about and be happy about today. We have something so wonderful. We have something new. Guess what, folks? The forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Lord have mercy. I don't know about you. But I just get happy. I just feel relieved. It just makes me want to just, just do something good for somebody when I think about the mess I used to find myself in. And to know that I am covered now, I have been forgiven. Forgiven. I have been forgiven. And the beautiful thing about it is, guess what, folks? The God in heaven that I serve, he don't throw stuff up in my face. No more. No more. When he forgives, let me tell you, he forgives. He forgives. Hebrews 8 and 11. The Bible says, not teach everyone to know the Lord. Listen to this real close. Under the old law, you were born a Jew. You were God's child. You're not today born a Christian. So listen to this close. Not to teach everyone to know the Lord. God said, I'm bringing something better than this. If you were born a Jew, you automatically were a child of God, but you had to be taught the word still. Deuteronomy 6. What it talks about teaching them. In the morning, the noon, when you said, hey, all of it. Under the Old Testament, you were required to do all the requirements of it. Just knowing the law wasn't enough to prove you knew Jehovah because you were a Jew. You have to be taught. Just being born a Jew brought you into that family. But you still had to be taught. There was still something to be learned. But watch this. For all shall know me. Not just the Jews. Here's this new covenant. Under the old, guess what? That was a covenant between God and the Jews. I was left out. You left out. But now God said, you know what? 
I'm going to do something about that because I don't want anybody to be left out. The only way you're going to find yourself being out of this family is because you choose not to want to be a part in it. It will be of your own choosing not to be a part of this family. For all shall know me. Not just the Jews. To become a child of God under the New Testament, you must know what you're doing. It requires understanding. It requires teaching. It requires understanding. Amen, somebody? Amen. John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. It will set you free. You got to come to the knowledge of understanding through the teaching of the word. And when you come to that understanding, you must obey from the heart. What you've come to understand. What is it I understand? I understand this is the truth. Romans 6, 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin. You now come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Understanding and all you'll get and get an understanding. Obey it. Matthew 7 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Amen. See, you're born today into this world, but you're not born a Christian. You have to come to the knowledge of the truth and obey it from your heart what you have come to the knowledge of understanding and when you obey it then you can enter into this covenant relationship through your obedience to the will of God. Matthew 17 and 5 while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Do what? <laughs> Listen to it. Why is that so important? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The voice from heaven thundered and said, I know Moses is there. I know Elijah is there. They beheld Elijah and Moses and Peter got excited. But God's interest and focus was on his son. And God gave the stamp of approval concerning his son. This is my beloved son. And whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Why is that so important? Because it establishes the foundation that no other man word should surpass or rise above what Jesus has to say. Jesus said all power. Matthew 28. All power is given unto me. And heaven? And earth. 
all. All covers everything. All power is given unto him. So, why is that so important? You need to understand what Jesus commanded. To be a part of this covenant. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be what? He that believeth not shall be dead. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. Well, why don't you seek some other way if Jesus has declared himself the way? Why would you seek some other method of, uh, method of salvation outside of baptism if God said, listen to him? Jesus said, I am the way. Well, if he is the way, why are you trying to find your way into this covenant relationship? Some other method. When it was through the shedding of his blood that this testament became enforceable. Why would you look somewhere else when the answer is in Jesus? Acts chapter 19. Many of us know the story. Paul, as he traveled around, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Hmm. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. <laughs> Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in who? Jesus. That is in who? Jesus. That is in who? Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of who? Jesus. Lord Jesus. Those men, they thought they were saved. But folks, what you might think and what you might feel can deceive you if it's not in according to what the word of God says. John declared throughout his whole time, I am not he. I am not the one. There's one coming after me. John said, I am not the Christ. But I don't care. It seemed like the more John announced it and, and told the people there were yet still some just like still today some say I am a follower of John don't get me wrong Jesus said John well, John was a good man 
Not putting John down. It were the people. It was the people who took things out of context. John said that was one coming after him. John said, I'm just preparing the way. Man, I'm just trying to get things right so that you can see your way because there's one coming after me. That's who you need to listen to. Why is, knowing God, why is knowing God so important? And before I go on any further, Paul did <coughs> baptize those men again. <coughs> Sometimes we, we up and follow things that we don't thoroughly understand why we did what we did. Well, folks, if there is no understanding to the reason of why you went down into that watery grave, how can there be a connection if there is no understanding? Hmm. Well, I just did it because my parents wanted me to do it. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says for the remission of your sins. Not to please your parents or to shut them up. Well, I just did it because my friend came down and she wanted somebody to go down, go up front with her. He wanted somebody to go up front with him and we just decided to do it together. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible said for the remission of your sins. Can't get baptized right, lacking understanding of the purpose of why you're doing it. There may be some sitting here today who did it, and you did it so long ago, you say, Well, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass myself and do it over again because folks going to think I've been being a hypocrite. No, no. You just didn't understand when you did. And I would not put my soul's salvation in danger thinking that I know what people are thinking when people might not even be thinking that. Amen. If you don't believe you did it for the right reason, why should you gamble with your soul? After you die, it's not the time to find out you didn't do it for the right reason. That's why you need to listen to Jesus. That's why you need to be a part of this covenant. Because, well, man, there are some benefits in this covenant. God offers protection in this covenant. Why is it so important to know God? God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble us. In other words, vengeance belongs to him. Nothing goes on in the life of a Christian. No suffering, no tear is shed. Nothing occurs without our Father knowing about it. 
We have a loving Father. We have a loving Savior <coughs> who said, I'd never leave you, nor forsake you. There's some wonderful coverage knowing God and being in His covenant. Verse 7, this is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And give relief to you who are troubled, and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. People in this life troubling you? People in this life making fun of you? They're giving you hard time because you want to live right? You want to do God's will and you're striving and they just keep messing with you. They keep troubling you. The Bible says God is going to give relief. Relief is coming. Hold on. Persevere. Listen, verse 8, it says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. So it's not just the fact of those people who trouble us and make mockery and, 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 and cause us to suffer because of us desiring to live right. They also are going to be in trouble because they refuse to accept it. The Bible says he's going to punish those who do not know God. Do not know God. Folks know God exists, but they reject him. They refuse his counsel. They do what they want to do. And the Bible said, He will punish those who do not know God. And this thing we keep harping about, about spreading the gospel, about keep making sure the, uh, we keep the main thing, the main thing. You know what? People are going to lose their souls because they refuse to obey it. That's why it's so important for us to continue to evangelize, to continue to spread the word, to continue to live godly. Why? Because people are going to be punished because they obey not the gospel. They will have no excuse. No excuse. What else? They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Folks, what hope is there being absent from the presence of God? What, what is life? What is life without God? What, what hope do we have? But the Bible says because you Know not God and obey not the gospel because you're not a part of this covenant, this new covenant. This is what's going to happen. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His 
might. As benefactors of the New Testament, this new covenant, God has promised. Hebrews chapter 8 and 12, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Under, under the old covenant, man, Gentiles didn't have a chance. But God is so loving. He's so wonderful. Look at it. He said, I'm going to establish a new covenant. And under this new covenant, I don't care what wrong you have done. I don't care. That blood Jesus shed, it's ever so potent that it can cleanse you of all of the filth and the wrong that you've ever done. And he goes on to say, and I will remember their sins no more. Amen. Hebrews 10, 17, then he asks, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. No more. No. N. O. M. O. R. E. We used to say growing up, no more. Simple meaning, God has embraced it. God has forgotten about it. God don't care about it anymore. It's gone. It's gone. So I'm asking you today, what is it you think in your mind that you've done so terrible that God can't forgive you when God's word says, I can't. Brother May, you just don't know. I'm just, no, 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 no. My question is, if God says, I will remember their sins no more. Is he lying? What have you done that God can't forgive you of? See, believe it or not, some people can't move forward into 2018 because you still, you're still punishing yourself with Old Testament teaching. You waiting on somebody to offer a sacrifice for you so you can move on and God is already offering. You're searching around looking to compare your wrong with somebody else who's done worse than you for you to feel better. Do you not know God has already offered the sacrifice for you? Peter said he was, no, Paul said he was the chief. You can't go any higher than Paul. Either in your mind God is lying. <coughs> Or you just don't want to be saved. God said, I will, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. 
their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. That's God speaking. Amen. That's the word of God speaking. Right? Amen. What's holding you back today? God's will is that every man be saved. God established this new covenant by giving his best to seal the deal with the blood of his son Jesus. What more do you ask of God to do to motivate you, to bring you to the point of surrendering your life to Christ today? The protection is in the new covenant. The life is in the, new is in the new covenant because Jesus said, I am the life. The way, the truth, and the life. All of the benefits, everything is in this new covenant. What are you holding out for? The oil has been done away. It's been nailed to the cross. Why won't you come on in and be his child? <clears throat> Why won't you surrender your will today and be cleansed? Lose all the guilty stains. Become a new creature in Christ. The Bible said, for if that first one had been without fault, there would not have been a need to seek for the second. The first one didn't get the job done. But I promise you, this new covenant in this new year, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. And the only thing that's lacking is your commitment to humble yourself. To obey what is taught in it. Jesus said, come unto me. Matthew 11, 28-30. He said, come unto me all ye that labor and who are heavy laden. He said, I want to offer you something. He said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest. You shall find what? Rest unto your soul. He didn't say you'll find sleep. You'll find rest. You're not going to sit and worry. You're not going to sit and trouble yourself over things you ain't got no control over. You're going to know God is your God. He's your Father. And whatever it is going on in your life, you can cast every care to Him. And He'll take care of it because He cares about you. He's saying, I'll give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somebody needs to come today. Somebody might be sitting here today and you just sitting there now saying, I didn't do it the right way. I didn't. 
You might be sitting there today saying, I know I need to do it, but I'm not going to do it today. I'll just call Brother May or Brother Tillman or somebody tomorrow when everybody not around. It's good that you know you need to do it. Praise God, you recognize you need to do it. But you got to understand, you might walk out of here today and you might not get a chance to walk back in here. Why would you put off something so precious, something so important? Ain't nobody gonna say anything ugly or crazy about you because you want to be right with God. Amen. I'm gonna rejoice. I'm gonna be happy. And I believe everybody else would too. Don't let the devil talk to you out of your salvation today. If you did it ignorantly, simply meaning lacking understanding, not knowing, guess what? Now you know. And when you learn better, you do better. That's all I'm saying. Get yourself right with God today. Get yourself right with God. Make your calling and election sure. That's my offer today. That's my offer from the word of God today. Get right. Live right. Die right. And you could go to heaven for sure. Right. Any takers? Any takers? Because I'll show you God's will is for you to be saved. But he's not going to twist your arm. And he's not going to force you to do anything. God has proven by his love that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And through that, we have a new covenant. Not just for some, but for all mankind. Nobody, nobody can talk about we're God's chosen people. No, 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 no. When you're in Christ, you are chosen. I don't care what race you are. I don't care where you're from or anything. When you hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, you are chosen. You are chosen. But if you reject it, you can't be part of this chosen. Because the chosen are only in Christ. What's our song? 198 is our invitation song. Come on up, brother. 198 is our invitation song. Folks, sing. Sing. Open your mouth. You might encourage somebody to come down to get it right with the Lord. Let us together stand and sing. Would you be free from your burdens of sin?